We're going to have some fun. Don't Stop Believing was released as a single off Journey's hugely successful album, Escape. In 1981, it wasn't actually the band's best hit. It goes on to become that, but some say that it, it, it's, it might be the greatest song ever written. I think that's probably a little bit too high, but it's certainly the most contagious song ever written, right? Because this week, you're all going to be singing this song the whole time. It's never leaving your head. As of 2011, um, it is the top-selling track in iTunes history. Over 5 million digital copies sold. Uh, it's been covered thousands of times. You saw them if you were here earlier for the countdown. Um, but it ended the, the, the show Sopranos, right? We, uh, it, it was made popular again with the show Glee. And who can forget the 2010 World Series run by the San Francisco Giants? Um, the Giants decided to play one of two Journey songs uh, in the eighth inning. If they were winning, they would play Lights. And then if they were losing, they would play Don't Stop Believing." And the crowd went nuts. Uh, in the 1970s, Jonathan Cain, who was the keyboard player uh, for Journey, he was an aspiring musician, left his hometown of Chicago for Los Angeles in hopes to get his big break. Uh, things didn't go as planned. Uh, he called his dad for some help. And it turned out to be a fateful call. And so in describing the beginnings of this song, Don't Stop Believing," he said that it was all based on some advice that my dad gave me when I was trying to make it in Hollywood. He calls his dad. He says, Dad, my dog just got hit by a car. It's a $900 vet bill. Am I wasting my time here? Should I just give up on the dream? I can barely pay my rent. And he said, Dad, I need a loan. Am I just dreaming or should I pack it all in? Then his dad said, I'll give you the loan. you got to stay put. And then he said, son, don't stop believing. And Jonathan had his, his uh, lyric notebook right there, and he started jotting that down. Steve Perry said this about the song. Personally, it's something that means a lot to me. Everybody has emotional issues and problems, and the song has helped me personally to not give up, and I'm finding a lot of people feel that. You know, until this morning, I'd never heard anybody say, I don't really like that song. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say that. This morning, someone told me that. I don't believe them, but they did tell me that. Why does this song connect? I don't think it's just Steve Perry's magnetic voice. Um, I think there's something in all of our lives, right, where every single one of us have needed to hear the words, don't stop believing, don't give up. Keep going. And some of us, even this morning, might be going through something, right? And you need to hear, don't stop believing. Don't give up. Keep going. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke. Uh, it's the third book of the New Testament. We're going to camp out there in Luke chapter 8. And uh, it's Jesus and his disciples. It says this in verse 22. It'll be on the screens. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters and the storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. The Sea of Galilee is about 600 feet below uh, sea level, and it's surrounded by steep and rocky cliffs. 
And these ravines that carry the water down to the sea act as a wind tunnel so that when the wind hits the water, it's ferocious. It can be clear and calm, and then 20 minutes later, you're in the middle of a storm and the the waters are, are raging. This is what the disciples encountered. Luke writes that the storm was so bad that the ship was full of water. Matthew says that the waves covered the ship. Um, It was a serious storm. Uh, The the Greek word here is seismos uh, for this great storm. Seismos. It's where we get the word seismograph. Do you know what that does? Measures earthquakes. Okay? The disciples are in bad shape. Have you ever felt like this? Uh, Water is all over. You, You can barely breathe. This morning, we're going to talk about the storms of life. And some of you are like, oh, no, he's talking to me today. Uh, Because you're going through some stuff. What to do when you feel overwhelmed, when too many things are coming at you, when things are stacked up against you. You know that feeling when you get a bill and you're staring it on your couch going, no, no. Or that person, that toxic, draining person at your office And you're like, be quiet, not today, not today. What to do when life is coming at you too fast? Or maybe you're a parent, it's that feeling where you're laying in bed in the morning, fast asleep, and you hear your baby starting to move and starting to whine. And you look over at the clock and it's 5.30. And you're like, dear God, please let them go back to sleep. That feeling where you know that by 10 a.m. you're going to be dead tired because you've already been up for five hours. Or maybe you just started a business or a job and it's just so intense and your schedule is crazy and you don't know what to do. It's overwhelming. When I was a kid, I grew up in rural Illinois and our picture of California was um, palm trees and tan people with blonde hair. That, we thought everybody was like that. And we thought every tree was, we didn't know they had other trees in California. We thought it was only palm trees. Um, And I thought everybody surfed, like everybody surfed to school and they they parked their boards like in front, I guess. Um, I'm not a surfer. I've surfed a few times in my life, but I've got a couple friends, Brandon and Preston, actually they go here to Prodigal and they're surfers. They're very into surfing. Um, When they exit the water, they do that surfer's slow-mo hair wave, right? Actually, I have a video of Brandon getting out of the water and shaking his hair. It's this video right here. Um, Yeah, that's Brandon Mendoza, everybody. Now, surfing is a dangerous activity. Some of you girls have Bieber fever. Um, It's a dangerous activity, especially if it's big waves. I read this past week of a surfer in Southern California, and he starts to share about this one particular moment when he was surfing. He says that you you have to keep your eyes on the horizon because in a moment's notice, it can have a big swell of waves, a big set. And now the bigger the wave, the faster it's moving. Uh, 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 They're surprisingly fast, even though how, how large they are. They can go up to 30 miles per hour. So one of the surfers realized that this large wave is starting to break, and they realize that they've got to try and punch through on their surfboards, and he tries to, but he doesn't. He gets sucked over the falls, which means basically grabbed by the ankles, okay? Spin-cycled. Spin-cycled where you don't know which way is up or down. You lose all sense of direction. You don't know where you are, and there's a lot of pressure, and you're just getting ragdolled by this massive wave. 
To grasp this, imagine uh, you and I are in a pool and we say, let's, let's, let's see if we can all swim underneath the water and go all the way to the edge of the pool. But, 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 but to do that, you would immediately go and go under. But when you're ragdolled like that, when you're spin cycled, you don't have time to, to take a deep breath. And so you're panicking. So it's underwater panic. I can't breathe. I didn't have a chance to take in more air. And I don't know if I'm going to make it. So this guy's spin cycled. No air. And he's got this fiberglass spear attached to his leg. Eventually the wave passes. He pops his head up. One gulp turns around. Another set. And he's wondering if it's all going to end. If you have a 10-foot wave, it's 20-foot wide. It's 410 tons. It's 315 cars. He starts to wonder, am I going to make it? But eventually it passes. Eventually it's calm waters again. The wave was there. It pummeled him. But now the waters are calm. That's the thing with waves. They come and they go. They pummel you. Then they crash on the shore and they're gone. And I want to ask, is anybody going through a spin cycle? Well, you don't know which way is up or down. All you know is there's a lot of pressure on you. There's a lot of weight on you. It's tiring. It's disorienting. It's confusing. And you feel like you can't even breathe. Don't stop believing. It will pass. So here's a couple observations about when you're caught in a spin cycle. Number one, this is a wave. And they come and they go. Living, dying, pushing, pulling, day, night, in, out. Leaves fall, leaves burst forth again in the spring. Inhale, exhale. It's all kind of a wave, isn't it? It comes, it goes. And this is important because there's an impermanence to everything here on earth. Impermanence is built into the fabric of life. It's part of what makes it beautiful. And maybe you've been hit by a number of things. And so maybe you don't say this is a wave. Maybe you declare this is a set. But it will pass. The waters will be calm again. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 says this, Therefore do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. The Greek word here for lose heart is to be utterly spiritless, to be wearied out, exhausted. Paul's saying, therefore, we're not utterly spirit, spiritless. We're not worn out. We are not exhausted. You know what Paul's saying here? Don't stop believing. Verse 7, he continues, for our light and momentary troubles. I know they don't feel that way. They, the troubles and the suffering and the trials that you're going through right now don't feel light and momentarily, right? But they are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. It will pass. Don't fret. If you're going through something right now, don't fret because don't worry, it'll end. And then you'll have joy and abundant life and, and it'll be calm. And if things are great in your life right now, look out. The waves are coming. It will happen. It's the nature of life and the nature of existence. There will be storms, but there will also be peace and joy. Number two, live in the present one day at a time. One day at a time. Kids are happier than us, right? They live in the now. Remember when you were a kid and your parents were going to take you to Disneyland or something? And they say, that's going to be in two weeks. And then they wake up the next morning and say, is today the day? Is it today? And then like they take a nap and they wake up and they go, are we going to Disneyland? It's like, that was two hours ago. No, it's, it, we're not. It felt like forever, right? Because they live in the present. We don't do that. We have to remind kids to like come inside the house and bathe. 
We have to remind them to eat. Uh, they live in the now. It's not how we operate as adults, right? I, my wife has never said to me, John, it's time to come inside. Dinner's ready. And then we're going to give you a bath. And then you can put your jammies on and then go night-night. She's never done that. You guys familiar with the story of the 300? The story of the 300? In 480 BC, an outmanned army uh, of Sparta's King Leonidas held off Persian troops of Xerxes by fighting them one by one through a narrow pass. 300 men destroyed an army of thousands. Commenting on the strategy, you think if Leonidas and his handful of men were to go out in the open field and attack the Persians, what would have happened? Well, they would have died at once. They may have fought gallantly, fought like lions, but they would have died. See, we stand in the narrow pass of today. If we choose to fight every single difficulty, we're sure to suffer defeat. But if we trust God with the little ones, one day at a time, if we get that victory today, we can get through to tomorrow. And if we get through tomorrow, we can get to the next day and the seas will calm. It will be at peace. In the midst of these crashing waves, stillness is your friend. Calmness is your companion. Don't thrash against the wave. Ah! You're wasting precious energy that can be built and saved for something productive. One moment at a time, one day at a time. Number three, this moment is not all moments. The moment that you are in is not all moments. It's only a moment. It's a wave. This problem, this situation, this bill, this relationship, it's only a moment, and you can't let it define you. Christ calls us to move past the past. Jesus saves these disciples from this wave, but the disciples are never called saved from the Stormians, okay? They're not called that. They're called disciples, followers of Jesus. They're called apostles, those who had been with Jesus. And they're called Christians, those who are Christ-like. That's what they're called. They weren't defined by their adversity or their trial. They're defined by being in Christ. You're not defined by getting fired. You're not defined by your divorce. You're not defined by having a past of drug addiction or substance abuse. You're not defined by that. That might have been what happened, but that's not who you are. Don't stop believing that you're more than moments. You're a child of God, every one of you, that has unsurpassable worth. What did the disciples do in the midst of their storm? Verse 24 says this. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. They realized that Jesus is with them, and they go to him. See, Jesus is there with you in the midst of the storm, and he's calm, even when we panic. Whatever your problem is, Jesus is calm. In the boat, Jesus slept. The disciples panicked. Jesus was chilling. And what did Jesus do? Check this out. He got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters, and the storm subsided, and all was calm. Jesus rebuked the storm. If he rebuked it, it wasn't from him. The storms in your life, don't think, well, God's just testing you. I think that's bad theology. Uh, it's, sometimes it's not God. Sometimes the storm needs to be rebuked in Jesus' name. Sometimes the, the, the enemy comes in the form of a storm. God is not the storm raging against you. God is your umbrella in the midst of the rain. 
God is your life raft in the midst of the crashing waves. He's our rescue when all hope seems lost. That's where God is. He's in the boat with you. He's, he, he's not crashing against you. The devil wants you to fear because fear leads to unbelief. And God's saying to us this morning, don't stop believing. Last point in your notes is this. Jesus will deliver you through the storms of life, not from the storms of life. There's a difference, big difference. Some people think, well, John, you're a pastor. You must be really close to God. And so nothing bad ever happens in your life. That's a lie. <laughs> Doesn't matter how close you are to God. Doesn't matter who you are, where you were born, how, how much money you give. It, none of that matters. Life happens and there's suffering. Waves are coming. Storms are coming. No one's excluded. Are anyone here going through a storm? I just want to let you know that Jesus is with you in the midst of that. And that's a really big deal. Maybe it's a car that keeps breaking down or a relationship that keeps breaking up. Jesus is with you. Real life brings real storms. Only toy boats get to sail in perpetually calm seas. And if our Christian faith can't help us in the midst of the storms of our lives. That's not good news. I want to invite Noe and the worship band to come up. And I want to say this. For those of you, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what, what, the, what the storm is. But it will pass. You'll be floating along in calm seas once again. And by the way, that kid who keeps waking you up at 5.30 a.m. And you're like, please go to bed. And they're draining you. And it's hard. In no time at all, you'll be saying, they just grow up so fast. I wish they were back as a little baby. In that business right now that you may have started that's so draining, that's so hard, Someday it'll be established and you'll look back and go, man, do you remember the good old days when we were just starting and everything was so exciting and fresh? And those disciples in the midst of the crashing waves and rain, they'll be fishing with Jesus again on a sunny morning, remembering God's goodness and God's love in the midst of the storms. He's bigger than your storms. He's in the boat. Don't stop believing. Don't give up. Keep going. God, I pray in Jesus' name that that truth would ring true in our spirits. And especially for those who are just going through some stuff, messy, tough, difficult. God, they can't breathe. They, they barely get their head above water and, and something else comes and hits them. They finally get this pill, bill paid off and then their car breaks down and they have to pay something else off. God, I don't know what it is you do and your word to them this morning is, don't stop believing. Don't give up. I'm with you. I'm bigger than your storm. I'm bigger than your bills. I'm bigger than your bad relationship. I'm bigger than your addictions. I'm bigger than your suffering. I'm bigger than the problems of the world. I'm bigger than the problems of your business. I'm bigger than the problems in your relationship. God, I pray that we trust in you, that you, we might freak out and thrash against the waves, but you're calm. Help us to put our hope and trust in you. We need you, Jesus. We love you in your name.
Amen. Would you stand together as we declare that he is the king of our hearts, that he, he's moving us, that he's the anthem of our lives. God, we lift you up. We ask that you speak to us, lead us, teach us in Jesus' name. goodness. We thank you, God, that you're with us in the midst of the storms. God, that you're with us in the midst of crisis, of pain, of difficulty, of suffering. And God, I pray that we would be with those who are in those storms too, that we wouldn't be on the shore enjoying a warm fire, but we would be out on the rough seas trying to bless and be near to those suffering. Let, let us do that, Jesus. Let us be like that. God, for those of us who aren't going through any storms, and we think of our lives right now and we're like, it's pretty good. I pray, God, that we would be able to have eyes to see those who are going through tough times and that we would be a presence of comfort and love in the midst of that. 
We pray for that, God, in Jesus' name.